This is the GPL Podcast, part of the Pull Tab Sports family. Oh boy. You making mistakes, I love it. And so, I had to train for this marathon. <laughs> Make sure you stay awake for the game tomorrow, too. <laughs> Triple, uh, hey, stomp the same ball. Let's go. Stomp. There we go. So, so how was the flights in and out of uh, Penn State last weekend? Pretty good, actually. I was home by, like, dude. <laughs> I, I was home by, like, seven. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's Jupiter and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number 252. Good evening, Vigs. How are things with you tonight? Things are going great. We are in full hockey mode here in my household, which is exciting. Okay. Fun time of year. It's uh, too bad that the Gophers are going to come to a little bit of a break here. I kind of like it, though. It's you know, kind of a tradition pod, in college. You know, podcast every week, every week, every week. And then I kind of like, I kind of like the break that we have coming up. So it's a tradition of college hockey. I think it's a little weird, but <laughs> there'll, there'll be plenty of hockey for everyone to, to take I don't in. really do any other. I mean, it makes the sport go even longer because it's the longest damn season ever. But, but I do think Bob is looking forward to a break. I think, I think, I think he wants this team to get through this next weekend against Cappy's favorite team, and then they'll be ready for the holidays. Cappy? Cappy? Well, yeah, we got Cappy on this week. Ohio State. There he is. Cappy, how's it ooh, going, man? Ooh, what? Move myself a little bit. Yeah, yeah what's center going, yourself guys? a little bit there. Um, yeah, fuck. I <laughs> wish they could just play a non-conference schedule uh, all season, and then they'd be set. Because they haven't lost the game all season in non-conference. Yeah, they, they did. Have a game and conference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of nice. This is kind of convenient because, you know, usually we have you on, kind of talk about Ohio State. It's your alma mater, of course. Of course. It just so happens you were in Penn State all weekend last weekend. You got to see both teams. And uh, and I still think it's a Jekyll and Hyde team in Minnesota, but Penn State started well Friday night. Did nothing, but then played much better Saturday. I mean, they looked like, I mean, they looked unbeatable the first, like, 15 minutes or so of that game. 12 shots to nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, there's a little, I, you know, I thought Minnesota did have one shot. I got a good view of it. Uh, that never shot in front of the net. Sulier got a blocker on it, but they didn't give him credit for it. Anyway. Uh, but no, but they were dominating the game. And, uh. You know, most teams come in there and, you know, Penn State is notorious for doing that early in a game, but it lasted a long time. And what you need, Justin Close kept him in the game, kept it a one-shot game, and literally, officially, that one shot was all Minnesota needed. And it just completely changed the game. Just switch views here so we get Cappy in the screen a little bit more. Viggs. That was a terrible beginning of Friday. I mean, just back to the Don and Bob coaching. You got to get past the first 10 minutes, and they certainly did not. 
Well, as we kind of talked about when we previewed the series, Minnesota needed to establish a ground game. So what that means is for them to get quick exits out of their zone, come through the neutral zone, get the puck deep, and put some sustained pressure on. And I think what happened in Minnesota is they'd get trapped in their zone a little bit. They'd come out into the neutral zone a little sloppy. They'd enter the blue line, and it'd be one and done. And then they're right back in the other end. You know, their shift starts out defending. They get tired. They're trying to get in the offensive zone. They can't quite really pull it together. And they were just under pressure shift after shift after shift. And they don't have guys to break it right now. And they really lucked out, I think, coming out of that first period Very much so. up to one. You know, if Penn State's out of that period, one nothing or two nothing, it might be an entirely different weekend. But Cappy, what happened on the Penn State side? I mean, you could not have dominated more. And then you let, well, you, yeah, it was the second shot, but tech, you know, stats wise, you right. let the first shot in, you let the yep. second shot in. That's got to uh, be mean, pretty disheartening. Yeah. And, and we, you know, it's funny that, um, Brian Tripp, the radio announcer for Penn State, talked to Guy Gadowski prior to Saturday's game about Friday's start. And, you know, he said our, we didn't handle the the emotional kind of letdown of, hey, we're dominating this game. We got this one one nothing, And then a ridiculously great play by Rhett Pitlick. I mean, I don't know how he saw him coming late or if it was maybe like an educated guess. I do that all the time where you're like, you know, I got two guys coming at me. Good chance maybe I got the guy coming or you able to look at his shoulder. But they didn't handle like, oh, and then bang, another great, you know, two good rushes by Minnesota is all it took. And Penn State was like, what just happened? We're, we're losing now? And you could feel it in the building. like, that. And it was buzzing. It went from buzzing to quiet. And you, I think the players, they just didn't handle it well. Um, and then Minnesota, you know kept going from there they found their their stride and then were the better team not like dominated the game but they were the better team in the second and third periods Viggs, do you think uh pitlick just threw the puck out front <laughs> i sometimes worry when he throws the puck back that he's just throwing it to space but i think when the play is in front of him he's got pretty good vision for that kind of feel for things in front of him it's when he's all of a sudden thinking, oh, I see a lot of guys in front of me. I bet there's space behind, and he kind of carelessly goes back. But I think when the plays are ahead, he's he's got pretty good vision. It's always hard also, to know with Red. I would also hope that if, if I'm Sam Renzel, I am screaming for that pass. Like, I was a big, you know, I talked a lot. I, I'd call for the puck. I would hope, you know, he, he's a young guy. I hadn't scored a goal, but I, I'd imagine he'd wanted that puck and was calling for it, hopefully. And when this big six five Rinzel train is going down the tracks, I think uh, teammates see that and and know there's a lot of reach to hit with that wingspan. Absolutely. But I thought Minnesota played a very mature game after that. They didn't make mistakes. They didn't feed Penn State's offense. I thought they played a little bit more under control. I, I didn't think Penn State really was dangerous to them the rest of the game. But as we've seen with Minnesota, they get in trouble when they – feed the other team's offense when they start forcing things or making mistakes or chasing uh, plays that aren't there and, you know, touching the stove as defensemen dive down from the point. You didn't see a lot of that in Friday night. And it's just a good sign for Minnesota that they can close out a game like that and get the three points. 
so Saturday night they come in Vegs. They pretty much play catch up all night. Very disappointing. And it's mm-hmm. kind of what we've seen from this team this year is they're focused one night and the next night they're not. And as much as I complimented their play on Friday with the lead Saturday, I thought they gave a lot of chances away. You know, you have a, a weird tip that goes in. You have a weird turnover in the neutral zone where the players are there, but they don't get their guy. <laughs> they, they do 80% of the work, but they don't finish the last 20%. Or you have a player make a play as the last guy back handling the puck, turning it over. You know, it's just situations like that. A goaltender tries to play a puck that he probably shouldn't into a wrong spot. Uncharacteristic mistakes that have been costing Minnesota almost one night every weekend. Well, Cappy, you were there Friday night, Saturday night. You were calling a good game. Yeah. What were your thoughts that maybe people didn't hear on the air? I mean, well, I, it's funny. I thought it looked like Minnesota was concentrating really hard to come out and have a better start. And they did. I mean, in the first, if you want to look at the, just the first 10 minutes, it was a kind of a, yeah, not a lot going on, a lot of mm-hmm. tennis back and forth, not a ton of shots, which if you're the road team going for a sweep in a tough, you know, environment, you're like, we'll take that. And I know Bob would take that. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it took one shot where, you know, not a lucky goal, but when you get a, t- a high tip, you know, you, you blame the losing the face off, but you know, it wasn't a close problem because I mean, there's a high tip with a screen in front of that too. Um, but that's where this team maybe is, a, you know, they, they concentrate on that 10, but then they loop, then they give up a goal and then they, they didn't maybe handle it as well. Um, and I, I, I said this a couple times now the, the, it, you're, you were so spoiled last year with the talent you had and the the the, the, um, the veterans you had on defense last year mm-hmm. where they could see your team is struggling. They would just – Faber would just make that smart play or Jackson Lacombe would be a one-man breakout or even Ryan jo- Johnson just with that good first pass. You had that, okay, the team's not doing well, but we, we can get the – we'll get out of trouble and then let's figure out how to win it last late like they did last year in the second game down late into the third. And then they found a way to tie it and then won the game in overtime right now, because they're just a lot younger and it, and don't have it, just not the younger, but the talent to go with it, not just being younger. I mean, those three guys are super talented along with the experience. You just don't have those guys right now in this time of the season where it's gonna, they can get away with, playing not a good game and still win it or be right in it as they weren't late in the game yesterday or last week. And Viggs, you mentioned that last week, you know, you thought it was going to be a split because you thought that this team just doesn't quite have what they had last year to be able to come back in a game. And, you know, they, they showed signs of coming back, but then they'd give up a goal. Whereas last year they could come back and not be giving up those goals and just hurting themselves. It's kind of exactly what you were talking about last week. Yeah, unfortunately, I prognosticated something that's going to frustrate <laughs> Gopher fans, and that's just the growing pain of this team. You know, Bob brought it up today. You know, three years ago, Lacombe and Johnson and Faber kind of went through these growing pains where they'd have games like that, and and they just couldn't minimize their mistakes enough or turn the tide enough in a close game at the end 
this Gopher team is still learning how to do that. You know, their defensemen who are playing these minutes have never played those minutes at this level before. And so you have to kind of learn how to change the pace because you can't play the same way every shift. You, know, you have to take advantage of the situations when they present themselves because if you chase them every shift, you will get in trouble. You know, <laughs> you can't go all in on every hand of Texas Hold'em. You've got to know the cards that you're dealt. You got to read the board and you got to say, is this a smart time to force a play or is this a bad time? And it takes a lot of experience to get to that point. And right now you've got too many players thinking I can outplay my opponent regardless of what I have. And that's not going to be a winning strategy. So we had Pat McAlady telling us, you know, all this fall, you know, just wait, they'll be okay. Is it starting to be pretty much crunch time for the Gophers there, Viggs? I think the break is going to be good for them just to kind of reset. I feel like we've had a couple Gopher players. Uh, I remember Jackson Lacombe going into Christmas of his sophomore year where he had a tough first half because he was trying to force plays. And he went home and he just figured it out. He came back that second half refreshed and making better decisions out there. And I think some of these guys need to take that break and just kind of refocus. It's not a skill. It's not effort. It's not talent. It's decision-making and, and getting that experience. This team has a lot of growth ahead of it. And because of the way Bob plays his players, they're getting there. It's just not as consistent as all the fans would like it to be. As you look at the USCHO polls, you know, the nation is kind of forgetting about this team a little bit, forgetting how talented they are. Maybe this is a good formula for them coming in the second half. And just but kind Cap- of, oh, go ahead. Well, just to kind of reiterate, you know, because there are a couple, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, Luke Middlestat and, and Ryan Chesley, I think those are guys, you know, they looked, okay, these two are going to go from, 10 to 12 minute guys to 20 minute guys and these sophomore and just go right there. And, or maybe in their minds, they thought that I, I go back to my, you know, I had a really good freshman year that I, you know, when I got to school, you're just trying to make the lineup. And then I, you know, I had a really good freshman year. And then I remember the summer and then going in your sophomore year. Now I got all these expectations. I need to do this and this and this, I need to be better. And I, you know, when you stop, you start thinking about that instead of just, playing you know just being a little bit better on basic stuff and I remember my first half my sophomore year was horrible and I went home at Christmas and I had a great second half because you the one thing you say about how long Christmas break it's not like it's a six-day break it's roughly about you know you probably go home for 10 but you probably have three weeks at least Mm -hmm. without a game so I, it, it'll be good for this team, some of those younger, not freshmen, like those sophomores that are expected to, you know, fans and everyone. I mean, they see the talent of those guys to be a little, you know, better. And I think that's something that why you say, is it crunch time? I don't think it is. I, I think you can wait and, um, uh, till, you know, I, I don't know when, but after, after the break, see how it plays out the first month of the break after break. It just tells us how much, how critical those non-conference games will be in January, Viggs. Well, I think they're going to be critical because of where Robert Morris is in the pairwise mm-hmm. and where CC is in the NCHC. Those are games you don't really want to lose because it can hurt you if you're going to be on the bubble. Now, I don't think Minnesota is a bubble team. I don't think they're in crunch time. I think they probably could get away with a loss or two, but I think if you have a loss there, 
number one seeds are probably out the window. It's going to be really hard to overcome that, I think, at the end of the year. If you look at the big pairwise, unless they go on just an amazing run in the Big Ten. But they're crucial if you want to be in that top four of the pairwise. You know, I'm going to pay devil's advocate with because I vote on the USCHO. And I I honestly think there's like a um, a little bit of haterade going on with the Big Ten. And mm. uh, what happened last year, what happened in the tournament, I think it's like scaring some people a little bit. I'm not saying the Big Ten is as good this year. I don't, you know, it's still too hard to say. But I, I think there's a little – east coast maybe a little east coast bias going on with those no we got a few we got a few fresh teams that used to be great that are hey they're having great starts no disrespect to maine or unh but you know and i and i i I always say this but the 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 uscho vote means absolutely nothing it's it's great for us i love yes to it but the pairwise is all that matters when it comes down to the NCAA tournament. Essentially, for the first two months of the season, it's kind of all we have to go off of. But after no, that, look, I love talking about it. But yeah, but after that, I don't even bother looking at it because it just matters zero. It it it's just an opinion. I mean, and pairwise is all that matters. It's great for chatter, and yep. people are giving their opinions. But I mean, I haven't seen. 60% of the teams play, you know, in even on television because I mean, we just don't have access to that much, uh, you know, video really, mm-hmm. um, or it's hard to get it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think it, every year, I think Deeks is always seeing where they are. If they're a little lower in the pairwise and people panic, I'm like, you know what? They generally end up in the top six. Generally. Well, I mean, I, and their schedule is insanely hard, which always helps. You, you look at the pairwise right now, North Dakota's number one, the pairwise. Minnesota's at 11. I thought Minnesota played North Dakota very, very strongly oh, yeah. in the forks. They were the better so, games, I thought, for most of about maybe five of the six periods. So if that's your measuring stick, Minnesota's going to be all right when they're on top of their game. They just have to yeah. get there. And I think right. sometimes after you win on Friday night, it's sometimes hard to get up for it on Saturday you know, at a five they, o'clock and game. You know what? The Big Ten's pretty good. And Penn State is better, I think, than I thought and a lot of people thought because they've got like three freshmen that are doing some things that, you know, you don't know. So when you look at their roster before the season, you're like, okay, they've got really good D. They've got a veteran goalie who's he's not the one actually playing well. And then you've got, you know, the forwards, like who's going to score? It's the same problem with Ohio mm-hmm. State, but Penn State's got three freshmen, including one of them who's maybe a first team all big 10 in the first half of the season now with over 22 22 points so you just sometimes don't know if this team's going to be that good and i think penn state in my mind has has a higher ceiling now because of some of these younger guys you didn't know were going to be the way they are all right well i know vigs you you kind of want to talk about what could be on bob and uh, steve miller's uh, christmas list but uh, before (laughs) we get to that we need to hear from our sponsors Are you tired of the same old fundraisers? Paying $15 for a stale bag of popcorn, chocolate candy bars melting in your car, and more frozen pizzas than you have freezer space. Introducing Ferta Fundraisers, a fundraising company with as much personality as the people who play the game. Lift big, throw gas, and dingers. Big dump for the boys. 
Choose from great products made by local companies, flexible plans built around your needs. Sell how you want and be supported from start to finish. Deliver max return without charging people a fortune. It's never been easier to support your community. Ignite your fundraising with FERTA fundraisers. FERTA boys, FERTA girls, FERTA community, FERTA fundraisers. Hi, I'm Kevin. As a decorated member of the ball crew, it's my job to make sure every ball is in good hands. With Chill Boys Anti-Friction Glide Zone, the boys stay cool and dry, which is why I recommend Chill Boys life-changing bamboo boxers and boxer briefs. With Chill Boys, the score is always love, love. Chill Boys, comfort where it counts. And remember, if you use the, uh, the code PULLTAB15 at chillboys.com, you can get 15% off your order. So make sure you do that. <laughs> Love those chill boys. All right, Viggs, you were talking, you were leaving a little message there that what could possibly be on the coach's Christmas list this year. And uh, what do you think should be on there? Well, I think for Bob, he's hoping his team has good health in the second half of the year. I know a lot of people might say Bob's making excuses, but when you lose Mike Kester, Aaron Huglin for significant amounts of time, when you don't have your backup goalie healthy, it changes the way you can prepare for a season. And I think it's really had a big impact on the Gophers so far. You know, without Mike Kester in the lineup, you know, Chesley was playing 26, 27 minutes a night and trying to do too much. And I think that is probably part of the reason why it's taken him a little while to find his stride is because he was forced into those expectations right away. And then up front, you know, missing Aaron Huglin for periods of time and having other injuries for forwards, it impacts the chemistry that Bob's trying to find. And so I think if this team is healthy in the second half, they're going to be able to grow a little bit quicker and, and find that chemistry that they need so, so badly. Cappy, let's bring yeah. in more of a Big Ten Christmas wish list. It looks like the Christmas wish list has already been fulfilled for the Wisconsin Badgers. They are definitely back uh, <laughs> like you would not believe. Um, so that's kind of an obvious one. Hastings is getting a lot. He's getting everything early. Hanukkah, he's getting everything to him this year. <laughs> Who else out there needs some Christmas gifts? Um. I would say probably, and this kind of hurt. I mean, it hurts me to say, but Michigan, they they're they've got more. They got as many injuries, I think, now as anybody. I mean, I don't even know if they have twelve forwards. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think the whole Big Ten needs a Christmas gift of being healthy. <laughs> Penn State was down to not eleven forwards the game we did Notre Dame in November, and they had their set, you know extra defensemen dressed to be a twelve forward. Uh, Penn or Ohio State was miss is still missing. You know they're dying for scoring. Joe Dunlap had 13 goals last year. He's out till after the break, so that didn't help them. So I just think all around the the league, aside from Wisconsin, maybe ironically, who's um, had a nice first half. And Michigan State, I think's played uh, stayed away from injuries. But how about a, how about a, as healthy as we can get, so we can see how how where this conference is. Um, when they're everyone's kind of you know nobody's ever going to be fully healthy you know Minnesota was pretty lucky last year to be honest um, 
but that's that's luck. I mean, you can't control that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I'd say get 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 everyone as healthy as possible. Let's let's see some fun from the second half. Bobby Bauman saying we need a college hockey red zone with Cappy hosting. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pizzo hosting, and I'll sit there with him. There's no way I'm hosting that. <laughs> you know, Pizzo was back on Twitter for a little while. Now he's off it again. I'll ask him uh, Friday when I see him what the hell's going on there because I'll be with him. No, because he was back for a couple, like a month or two. Yeah, he's because I, I, I was yeah, making the comments. All of a sudden, he just out of nowhere responded on a thing because obviously we've been doing the fun stuff with him yes. about everything's late. Blame Pizzo. He's been such a great sport about that. I think it's just the rest of Twitter and how people are just. I ruthless. I don't know, man. I love. I, I'm sitting at the desk with him and he's punching those keys. I'm like, what are you doing? Like. <laughs> he used to do a Twitter a lot. Now I don't. I think he he follows, and there's rumor that he maybe has like a, like a you know. He, he probably does have another account, but he came back as you know BTN. Yeah. He, oh no, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna ask him Friday, and then I'll maybe say something on air. I don't know. We'll see. Well, Viggs, we've had people saying that uh, old Air Force and Bemidji State coaches should get together in the Frozen Four and do it. A Peyton type cast, Peyton and Eli type cast, because people would love to see those two guys talk about the game. Sure. I got to sit with the Saratori during the Frozen Four in Tampa. And let me tell you, I was entertained. And <laughs> I, I would watch that broadcast every year just to get the insights that they have from the styles that the teams are playing, the adjustments that the coaches are making, you know, kind of assessing. You know, big picture stuff of of different conferences, different programs during breaks. It was just awesome, and I think that would be great for college hockey. You know, there's got to be a market for it somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, because we, we... I, where are we going to put it? I like I'm, I'm fighting to get more games on the air, just in general. Uh... True. <laughs> I think we could be... do a we could do a B, BTN Plus stream. And we sure. can get some special sponsors. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tom, Tom was just in town. I mean, ironically, you say that, but I mean, and you've talked about it, Jupe, about what's kind of come down the road with, and you're adding all these teams and other sports. Talk about basketball and men's and women's basketball going to have four and more teams on each side, like the amount more games are going to be needed on TV and whatnot. Like, what I. And you've seen it a couple of times. I think Dan Kelly broadcast called a game on Big Ten Plus. I think it was a Wisconsin game. Can't remember, but like you know, it got produced as like a TV game, but it was on Big Ten Plus. And I, I see that kind of maybe happening. Like maybe they do a game of the week on Plus or something. I don't know. Um, but there's so many sports now and so many teams in the Big Ten aside from our sport. It's it's I don't Streaming's know fully where it's going to be in a couple of years. Streaming's the future because you know obviously volleyball too and men's sure. volleyball out on the West Coast is you look at UCLA men's yeah. volleyball. Yeah. It's pretty pretty darn big there. Yeah, and and bees we have been talking about it for a while. People just get used to it. There's going to be more streaming. It's coming. When you add more teams, it's just going to be the way of the world. I mean, it's pretty cheap too. Like there's been some, some deals where it's like twelve ninety nine for the year or something or some some crazy. I was like, that's all. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can, I think you can do it for specific sports too. You don't have to do like, yep, 
That's what I do. Whole thing too, so that you know that helps keep the cost down. Yeah, well, I do the hockey only package, um, so I get the WCHA women's and then the Big all Ten right. men's all in one. And a couple of months ago, they had a code you could put in where they took fifty percent off if you're renewing. Yeah, I saw and, that. But I think and, I saw. Yeah, and then when I I had already mine had already renewed, so it's going to renew for that price, you know, next fall. Next so I'm time. like, you can't ask for more than that. Yeah. Bigs, it's just the future, Bigs. People are just going to have to embrace. <laughs> Sorry if I had to bring that up and now we're going to talk. No, no, no. It's just fine. <laughs> well, I do think if the games go streaming, the schools really need to pay attention to the quality of the broadcast because mm-hmm. Minnesota invests in making a good quality production at Mariucci. You hope that the other schools take that seriously and continue to put out a good quality product. I just saw our good friend Goon going back and forth with the DU hockey blog about the production quality at Denver being pretty subpar. It looks like one of those high school games where it's the automatic camera with a student announcer is not prepared. So you just hope that big 10 with all that big 10 money continues to have their schools put out a good product for this conference because it matters. I think to, to families, to players, to recruits, to fans. Sure. Well, Minnesota's got a little different because Generally, all their games are on, at home or on TV. So you're picking up a TV feed on Correct. Big Ten Plus. But when you're going to watch them play, who was it? I mean, even at Michigan, I think, was the first game. And and look, I want students to get the opportunity to, to, mm-hmm. to do this stuff. I didn't get to do it because it didn't exist yet. Um, but also, I couldn't have done it. I was playing. Like, I couldn't have done hockey when, you know, unless mm-hmm. I was injured. But you do want to you don't want people like making fun of it or turning it off because you know, there, it, some of it is just not very good. That's I don't well, know well, you mentioned though, you know, like Michigan, I think that's what they did this year. They're trying to make it better. They're trying to get some students in there. It wasn't as good, but before they essentially were bringing up, they were well, punching they in were listening to the radio, the radio. Al Randall and, and Fred, if Fred wasn't doing a big time. Yeah. And Fred Fletch. And it's like, those guys have been doing it forever. doesn't matter if it's TV or not. They've been doing broadcasting right. forever. It's going to be a right. much better polished broadcast. Sure. But it's I, not I saw pe- people are complaining so much. I'm like, just you know, give them some time. They, you got you to gotta learn. Well, it's not. But you also so- got to put more money into it, right, Beegs? <laughs> well, just not. It's just not. It's not so much just the broadcast. It's the production. Like, yeah. using the cameras having replays a lot of them it's just one camera and there they go and you don't get a replay or you might get a replay or you know what i mean it's just if if people are gonna pay extra money i think they're gonna want to see a good product so if you're pushing it that way then you gotta if people are gonna spend their money that means you're making money you gotta you know raise the level of the product you gotta have someone in charge teaching the students how to do it like St. Cloud does a pretty good job and they have a lot of students who work sure. on the broadcast, but they also have faculty that are helping them and they have mm-hmm. pros who are mentoring these people coming up. You know, we've often talked about how, you know, alumni would like to get interested in broadcasting. Maybe they work with a student, you know, Eric Shearhorn was going to do a BTM plus game. I think a couple of years ago, you know, he's going to be on our show coming up here after break with Jack Ramsey, which will be exciting to have those two telling stories. But getting those guys some exposure to broadcasting could be good for the game. 
because we have a we have a lot of voices that are the same for college hockey and you know it's it's probably good to grow some other voices as well and get them that experience I wanted to make sure I get this question in that was from Magic on GPL. It's talking about the juniors a little bit. He says, I'll point this to you, Vix. If USA junior team makes it to the gold medal game on January 5th, will the Gopher players make it back for Colorado College on January 7th? I believe it's in Sweden this year. Sweden. (laughs) Favor made it back from China. So Bob has often allowed players to come back and play. If they want to play, he has let them do that. We will see what kind of roles Gophers play on the world junior team and how it goes. But Bob has typically said, let them get through that game that weekend, rest them during the practice week and let them recover that way. Mm -hmm. And then manage their ice time going forward and eventually get them back when they get back into conference games after that Robert Morris series. But Bob has been pretty ambitious with letting guys get back in the lineup. So we'll see what happens. I I, I wouldn't expect them for both games, but I would expect them to play at least one of those games. And the then Saturday, Sunday? The rest time. Is that a Saturday? Sunday, Monday, actually. Sunday, Monday. It's almost like it was designed for them to be able to come back and jump in the lineup, Possibly. Cappy. Almost as if it was. <laughs> and the U.S. the U.S. should have a pretty good team over there. Yeah, the stuff I've been reading in the athletics says Team USA should be a favorite. You know, yeah. they'll have Trey Augustine as probably sure. the number one goalie. With they've got some. Yeah, they've got some elite forwards. You know, Snuggerud's expected to be on the top line. Renzel and Chesley are supposed to be in, you know, the top six for D pairs and Oliver Moore will be a depth player on the world right. junior team at his age level should be a good experience for him there. No, the guy Stay healthy. didn't even make the camp. Charlie Strammel, former uh, gopher commit. Iserman. Oh, Iserman. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get even invited to the camp. I read that the thinking was if he's not going to be a top six player for this team, they're going to go with experience and a little bit more size and older players. There you go. So that also means that he will likely be playing in the exhibition game against Minnesota. At <laughs> Which could be interesting. Could get physical. Could get yeah, physical. We've, we've seen a few world junior players take or, uh, U.S. national team players take big hits when they play Minnesota. So maybe we'll see one that for him. Smaller ice surface, too. A lot, lot tighter. That, yeah. that has thrown me for a loop all year. I, I, I'm getting used to it, but it looks like it's a whole new arena from watching it from afar on television. Mm-hmm. It looks like they have a brand – and the lighting. It looks like it's a whole new arena. So I just – that was my – wanted to get that in there. Not, not that I dislike it. It just looks like a whole new place. I think the lighting is a big part of that. It just looks sure. different. Just looks yep. different. Are you going to Columbus this weekend? Who's Am on I the call? Who's on B10? Who's me? calling the games? Well, that's ironic. I was going to bring that up. Um, oh, no, I'm, oh. I'm in the studio tomorrow for the doubleheader. Um, I think it's uh, the second game is Michigan State or Friday night. Michigan State okay. uh, at Wisconsin or Penn State at Wisconsin. Penn State at Wisconsin, sorry. 
Okay. Um, and there's been a change in the broadcast crew because of COVID. Breaking Uh-oh. news. Uh, you know, a very familiar f- voice will be in there for you. Uh, Fred, Fred uh, Plesh came down with COVID yesterday or today. And now it will be Mr. Pat M will be there calling both games with Ben Holden. Wow. Micheletti, huh? Yep. Early birthday present for him. He was going after, I don't know if that's too, is that, no, luckily it's an earlier game for him because, you know. The first one is, the second game is late, 8 o'clock local. Oh, <laughs> every week now. He's like, every your guy's podcast late. starts at 930. I, I've got to go to bed. I can't do it. I got to go to bed. That's going to be late for Pat. Saturday night, 8 o'clock local time, I believe. Wow. So that just happened literally today. Uh, That's how it goes. Ben, ben actually texted me first. I said, he's like, are you going to get it? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm supposed to be in the studio on Friday. So I, I doubt, you know, they'll make a switch a whole bunch of stuff around no the studio is not so bad though is it you just kind of kind of you kind of sit back and relax i love being in the arena and calling the games true and to get back to i always love to get back to columbus because it's like a you know it's a nice trip to see some friends Mm -hmm. uh as well so i'll be there in february for a game but uh tomorrow night or friday i'll be with piso i haven't seen him in a while so i'll be good to see him and uh, I'll find out all the Twitter stuff. <laughs> I'll get all the down low on that. All right. Well, Viggs, one thing we need to talk about, a couple of other our sponsors here, and I'm going to talk about Unreal here, Viggs. Um, here, let's bring some things up here. I love their stuff, Viggs. <laughs> I mean, it's great stuff. Well, you know, it's a local company, White Bear Lake guy, Michael Lee Jordan, started it, wanted to make his own apparel company, wanted to leave a legacy here, and he's doing it. We talked about his studio rink that he's helped put together in Mankato, and we're watching some of these drops that he's doing for the Vikings, for the Wild, just really cool stuff. You know, I, I think you should sign up for their text messages, look for their deals, uh, use pull tab 15, get 15% off your order, and remember, it's unreal.co. Not a com. I didn't know about the text message thing. I'll have to check that out. I haven't. Yeah, when I they haven't... do their exclusive drops, like their Viking stuff and their wild stuff, okay. they, they send out a text message and you get a link to buy it right away because they make limited stuff. So not everyone's going to be oh, wearing it. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. And of course, we'll talk about tips. I love my Duke Cannon Vigs. Had it on all weekend last weekend. I don't wear it every day because I like to smell good on certain days. Not every day. Like not at work. I'm not gonna look. I'm working from home. I don't need it. But uh, yeah, you've been talking more about some of the other stuff, some of their soaps as well. Yeah, you know, I like that news anchor thick hair. It's got that good naval diplomacy yeah. scent to it, helping make your hair a weapon. You know, you can find it. It's a local product again, so you'll find it at Target, your local hardware stores, or Ducan.com. And uh, you know, that's uh, styling putty. Do the Mister Miyagi. Put a little structure in your in your hair. Well, of course, we appreciate Unreal and Duke Canna for being sponsors of the GPL podcast. All right, let's see. Press a couple buttons and bring Cappy back here. I get you guys some commercials on Real TV. <laughs> that one. Yeah. No, it's been good. I, I like this uh, Pull Tab family we're a part of. 
Yeah, yeah. they like the local products, and I like to support local. You so have it's been, the it's been product fun. in your hair right now because it looks pretty good. I do. I, do. I got a little structure to it. I, I had to coach a hockey game tonight, so I had to make sure the hair was looking good Good on the bench. Kind of an old school Don, Donnie Lucia a little bit. Ooh. Yeah, it looks very professional. Back, I'm working not on it. Enough, not enough party in the back. It's early in the year. Early in the year. Well, you know, we talk about, you know, some of the BTN Plus things. They got to up their game and some of their broadcasts. You know, we've upped our game over the last couple of years with the software and you know, being able to show videos and doing all this stuff, and obviously with our sponsors, with some of our stuff here. So, uh, if we can up our game, Vigs, you know, a school like Michigan can up their game. They can. They've got a fair amount of money there, as long as they're not doing buyouts and lawsuits and payouts. <laughs> um, but I want to know, Cappy, is Ohio State going to up their game? Winless in the Big Ten this season Ooh. so far, and. We asked Bob about that, and I think he kind of hoped they would have pulled one out against Wisconsin so they didn't come into this final Big Ten series of the first half looking for their first win. Yeah, What's going on in Columbus? Um, I think – I mean, I I thought this before the season, I just a little bit like where are they going to get scoring from besides a couple guys. I mean, they brought in 15 new players, which is – insane i mean but michigan state did too obviously they brought in you know between their i mean i think their transfers were their big guts that obviously yeah you know levshin off a top five you know predicted player in the draft so their their 15 were a little higher level at least come right away in and contribute whereas you know ohio state brought in some solid transfers but you know, no real game changer type of offensive weapons, unfortunately. And, you know, they're struggling to score goals. And I think when you start doing that, it can become a, a mental thing and you put pressure on yourself. And then I think the guys that they have back, you know, Burnside and Halliday, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. I can imagine they probably thought like me, like, I, oh man, I'm looking at our, we got to be, we got to be up here if we're going to compete. And then they're trying too hard. And then they're getting, obviously getting, number one defenseman against them every time out. And you've seen some frustration there. I was at a game at Notre Dame and how they took a 10 minute misconduct late in second period. Mm. He did not see the ice in the third period, which I respected coach Rollick for doing that in a game when they were down two to one or something or three to one. And, you know, he, he had to set a point with his top producer and um, yeah, I just think, they're just short there, and you know their their goaltending from Turnus has been solid, but he's not gonna maybe win you steal you a game too often. Like he's just he needs a couple he needs goals he needs two or three goals at least, and they just have not been able to do that, especially in conference play. It's been kind of weird. I think it, there's another reason. I think the Big Ten, you know, they haven't lost in non-conference. They're five zero and two, um, but they're zero seven and one in Big Ten play. So there you go. That's the synopsis. And Vigs, you know, Cappy kind of talked about it there, sitting some players for a little bit of time. We've seen Bob do that a couple times this year. Maybe he needs to do it more if things don't go as as the way it should go. Well, I think Bob is sitting guys for discipline, taking penalties. You know, that's mm-hmm. something we've seen Cappy is, you know, Pitlick takes a bad penalty. Mm-hmm. He sits for a shift and then he goes out with the fourth line. 
or Brodzinski takes a bad penalty. He sits the shift, goes out with the fourth line. The thing is, is when those guys have been getting sat, they come out the next shift and they score anyway. <laughs> Part of it is they're they're getting to play shifts with Jimmy Clark, who's been <laughs> right a real surprise this year. How fast he's come along. You know, I I know we interviewed him last week at availability, and there are a lot of features that went out. You know, he wouldn't be on this team if Logan Cooley decided to come back. But because Cooley left when he did, Clark was the guy, and he has fit right in. And so I think whoever plays with Clark gets a little boost to their game. And I wonder how long Bob is going to be patient with some of his lines. I know he's moving Snuggerud around this weekend, maybe with Rhett Pitlick and Oliver Moore. We'll see if that sticks together because that could be fun to watch. Uh, but Jimmy Clark is kind of that secret sauce that can be added to any line and make it work. Yeah, it's been great watching him. I mean, he made that great pass. I, uh, you know, it looked so bleak for the Gophers. Down three nothing, a five minute PK, and then he gets a rush, and you watch, you know, Pitlick just get on his horse. It was fun to watch that. I don't know if the you could see it on screen as much, but I was watching him oh, from yeah. where we were, and you could just see him get up from like the blue line, the defensive blue line in and uh just a great pass from from clark and uh, i talked to coach uh miller and that saturday morning and he just he loves how like he he says he's a lot like justin close in terms of his demeanor is so chill nothing bothers him he doesn't get high and low he's like he he's like he barely celebrated scoring an overtime goal against you know against michigan state and i think a guy like that his mentality he's like i'm just gonna go play and it's not going to matter. And usually those kind of freshmen, if they're bringing some talent with them, which usually they are if you're coming to Minnesota, those are the guys that, you know, that they're not, oh, why am I not playing more? They're not thinking. They're just waiting for their turn. And when they get their turn, they're doing the best with that opportunity instead of why am I not playing more? Why am I not getting this? Why am I not getting that? Those guys that adapt faster mentally to go when you get your opportunity, those are the guys that have success quick and, He's he's earning it, and you've heard the coaches, like you said, talk about how great he's been. Uh, my girlfriend would like to know, Cappy, will there be dogs in the student section again this year? And gotta be right. He's got. She I, loves that. I love that. That's. I think it's great. It's, it's awesome. I mean, there's just dogs everywhere now. I love dogs. I don't own a dog. I like dogs, but. They're everywhere now. I mean, they're in the airport. They're sitting, you know, they're, <laughs> they're everywhere you go. I mean, you can bring them with you now. And, and they behave, as long as they behave well, and they're, they're great TV. Our, our cameras were all over them. The whole yep. Time. You know? Hopefully they're there this weekend and they get all the TV time they want. And it, it's hopefully, with, well, you, you know. be careful. That means Ohio State might be scoring goals, though. Well, you know, <laughs> was it a couple of years ago then in a Minnesota yeah, Gopher kind of go over and celebrate on the wall with the dog? Nick Blankenberg did. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was oh, Michigan. the most popular thing. It was Michigan. It was Nick Blankenberg. So uh, <laughs> that's where the dog, and then I feel like these they, they loved how they got some, you know, some publicity. And then they're like, well, let's bring them in. And so I'm assuming, you know, the, the knuckle pucks will be prepared for that. Uh, this weekend so yes how the crowd's been there is it getting better what's that is the crowds getting better i mean i'm probably not they're not winning (laughs) um the crowds are 
I mean, generally when they play Minnesota, they'll be good crowds this weekend. Mm-hmm. It'll just again, you know, there could be seven or eight thousand people there, and it won't. Or it and it's won't gigantic, feel, so it's yeah. you know, and they've done that. They don't open the top now unless they fill the bottom. So, you know, uh, the story goes on. They have a new president coming in. The AD is leaving uh, this spring. Um, and the president, the new president of the university, is a former Air Force hockey player. So he's, yeah. So I, you know, I did talk to Coach Rollick in Notre Dame, and he didn't say anything about other than he's talked to him and he hopes to have more conversations. But I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that to at least get a better shot at, you know, being the next team to get a new. Plus, with the women, like, come on, like, yeah. Look, look who's number, number one, one in the women's country, pool. Yeah, national champion, national runner-up last year. I mean, if they got like a five thousand six something similar to Pagula, I mean, you know, the rest of the league almost doesn't want to see that because that's that's more recruiting. It makes it a raucous atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so uh, you know, it's been talked about for a long, long time, and you know, hopefully, with these. You know, with these changes to president, I don't know if he's going to hire the athletic director at Ohio State, but he's going to have a say. But he's also obviously the president's going to have a, a say in what mm-hmm. is built, well, how money is spent, and yada yada yada. So I, it's at least hope there. With you don't see too many presidents coming into Ohio State that has a hockey background. So I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. Twice, it's good for the yeah. league if they have that. Yeah, check twice what you're looking for in your schematics and your design and just cut that one check and and get that hockey rink done right. Because I mean, this is not something you want to build two rinks. Years, whatever, I mean, I don't, you know, whatever gets it done. They, you know, they're talked the one they talked about is building like a 2000 seat arena for the women that will be the men's practice arena. I'm like, what are we doing? What no. I mean, and I don't it never happened. I think it was just something that uh, you know, they did to kind of quiet the crowd for a minute. Well, what they did at the Regents meeting for Ohio State is they approved the design phase. Right. They didn't approve any of the building. And that initial design that they asked for was that 2000 seat. But when I asked Steve Rollock about it, he's like, it's a design. There are many outcomes oh, no. that could I, happen. I think, like know? I said, I think it's just a show. It's not, that won't happen, I don't think. I, I it would be not. a waste of time and money to to do that. I think. Why not? I don't. You know. I feel like the Minnesota Wild <laughs> lost an opportunity when they built their Tria practice rink. They mm-hmm. could have built like a four or five thousand seat rink, and oh. then if you host the World Junior, you've got yep. the Tria rink and you've got Excel, and maybe the World Junior is going to come to the Twin Cities anyway. You know, we've seen them have stuff sure. at Target Center. We've sure. seen them at Excel. We've seen them at Mariucci. You know, they're looking at all kinds of ways to host the tournament here in the Twin Cities in a couple of years. And well, I think that would be great. Arena. They've got the arenas there now. But, yeah, why wouldn't you want to have a newer? And St. Thomas know. on the way. So. I, I know I know Chicago's doing it again. They got they just bought more land next to their two practice ranks. They're building two more, and they're going to put stands in one of them. Finally, like okay, that makes sense. But yeah, you know, not everyone. You know, money, money's a thing, and you know, it's not always people want to expend that extra 
yeah five million or whatever or whatever that number is it's it's easy for us to talk about when it's not our money but you know all right Viggs. <laughs> into the games this weekend oh boy yeah i know i i think it's a must sweep they really need to do that but what does bob need to convey to this team that you need to play two nights and this is critical in our success because it really is. I think it is. You're closing out that kind of first half of the season, how you feel about it. And uh, you want to close out feeling good with a sweep. What do they need to do? I think the message from the staff has to be intense and critical all weekend long to maintain the focus for two nights. I think when they have that good Friday night, the message that I perceive is like, things are going great, guys. We're making progress. We're we're going up. It's not a straight line, but we're making progress. We're going to be all right. I feel like this is one of those weekends where even if they would have like a 4-1 win, the film on Saturday has to be like, hey, here are things we still need to clean up. That's not good enough. You know what we're going to get from Ohio State because they need points too. It's not going to be an easy game. I feel like that focus in practice has been picked up this week from what I can tell. Everyone's intense. They're working on lots of battle situations. They're working on lots of face-off situations. They're working on their entries, you know, hard plays. And that's the message I think the coaching staff is trying to get through the team right now is, hey, two games, let's finish the first half with a bang. All right, Cappy. So was that a prediction, or was that just about the game? <laughs> well, not the prediction. We'll hold the prediction, but oh, okay, okay. that's what they need to do to be successful, according to Viggs. That's um, the message they're getting. I got okay, you. okay. Um, Cappy, <laughs> oh, I know you. We we we, we started going back and forth, and you're like, oh, how bad as they I think they are, but maybe they are as bad. And they need a, a win this weekend could be really big for them. Sure. I mean, they need to score first. I think that's like huge. Because um, one, it'll give them a little confidence to see a puck go in the net. To play with a lead is just oh, a completely geez. different thing uh, at home. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then Turnus has to play great. You know, um, their special teams are not really good they don't have i mean you lost two stud defensemen both have had nhl games now this year that mm -hmm. both were really good on the power play especially mason lori last year um oh, yeah they have some guys that are okay up there but they don't have that like elite guy um and it just it's snowballed and you know when you're not scoring goals Everyone knows you're 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 scripping the stick more. You're thinking more. You're not playing as free. You're thinking, oh my God, what's gonna? And when you're on a losing streak, what's gonna happen next to 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 us? So like getting a first goal, playing with a lead against the team like Minnesota is, I I just I don't see other ways of them mm -hmm. having success. Um, you know, it, it, hey, maybe you it's zero zero into the second period. You know, and you're building some, you're building some confidence that way, knowing you're right there, and one goal is gonna to to get you to the top. But I, it's got to be. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, being on teams, not at colleges in general, when you're struggling to score, and 
you know, everything's going bad for you. You, if you don't get some positive things in a game early, mm-hmm. it's really hard. I don't care how mentally strong you are. It's really hard to play through that and have confidence, especially when you're playing. Everybody's ranked in the, in the league except for them now, you know, so there's, there's no breaks other than when you play your non-conference games. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's gotta be their mentality. I think is, is getting a good start, getting a lead. And then hopefully I put some confidence in their back pocket. Well, I'm definitely picking the sweep for Minnesota more or less because they, I, I know <laughs> they, they, you know what? They need it. They need six points. They need to get a little more competitive. If you in care the about the standings, which is funny, the coaching, I don't think cares about the big 10 standings all that much. Yeah, but you know what? But six points. Moscow wants them playing that first weekend in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, but you know what? A (laughs) loss hurts them in the pairwise. Sure. And if 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 if, Ohio State keeps going down, it could be that could be really bad year for them. And uh, you have a loss to Ohio State that's going to damage your pairwise. So that's why I say a must have six points this weekend. Viggs, what happens? I agree with you. A loss to Ohio State's not good right now. They're 27th in their pairwise. You know, that's right there with Minnesota State 28, Colorado College 29, you know, St. Thomas 35. That's that's not a good place to be. And a loss to a team there would damage Minnesota a lot. I think Minnesota is going to be able to get through this weekend. I think Jimmy Snuggerud is going to be the Big Ten first star of the week coming out of this. I think, the, I think the line with Moore and Pitlick is something that's really going to free him up. I, I think Oliver Moore is really starting to get it. I think he's going to be able to contribute playing with those two, and I think that's going to be a fun line to watch. I think Snuggerud gets five or six points this weekend, and the Gophers get six points. Wow, I love that prediction. <laughs> I love that. Stoking Snuggerud here. All right, Cappy. I'll say that about Snuggerud. He's like watching him all weekend. I closer than I I've watched him this year. Obviously, his numbers aren't as good. I mean, Jesus, he was playing with two guys that are, you know, not just in the NHL, but you know, top (laughs) six type NHL players. Right. I mean, and he could be one if he if he'd be probably in the NHL right now if he would have signed. I don't think he'd be playing a. Um, he played hard. And he he's been playing hard. Like you don't, he he might get frustrated out there, but he doesn't. He still keeps going, and I he's shooting the puck a lot. Almost maybe sometimes he's shooting too much. Where there's maybe other things he could be doing, like you know making a play. But I think his mm-hmm. mind is telling him to shoot, 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 because a lot of people tell him to. Because and he has the great shot. I do like that line. He needs someone to dish him the puck. I love Aaron Hugelin's game, but he's not a puck. He's not a you know, puck distributing, like, assist centerman type of guy. So, I like, and with Pitlick, the way he's playing, that's the perfect guy for him to put on if you're trying to get Snuggerud going. So, my prediction this weekend, uh, I I just, I don't know, I don't see a, I don't know, maybe at one point for the Buckeyes. I I, I don't know, though. I, I Maybe they can, you know, if Minnesota just comes out flat or, Sometimes teams do not come out strong at Value City Arena because maybe the crowd is late. Crowd might be slow coming in on Friday. It's a 6:30 start there. Maybe I don't know. I mean, the, the students will be there. The students have actually been great. I'm mm-hmm. jealous. We never had a good student section. They have a good student section there back in that corner. But I want to. I want. I want to be a homer type of thing. I just. I don't know if that can happen. I, 
just really don't. So I'm going to say a sweep as well. There you go, folks. So if anything else besides sweep happens, don't blame us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you know what's funny is I was looking at the pairwise after last Friday's game, I think, and the Buckeyes pairwise actually went up because they lost to a high-ranked team. And then I looked, Princeton won, Mercyhurst won. All the teams that they beat in the non-conference, Yep. Omaha won. All three that of those helps. teams that they had sweeps or they didn't lose a game to, obviously, they haven't lost in, in, in non-conference, moved them from like 28 to 26, even though they lost. So it's like, who knows? Maybe if they get swept, though, their pairwise will go up because they played Minnesota this week. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's, it's, I don't think it'll ever get horrible unless they just lose all their games because they're never, they don't have a bad team to play. Or True. I think they play Bowling Green and then they have one more with Mercyhurst at home, which you win all three of those that maybe, who knows if that's their only. No, they're not going to go for the big cut. I hope not. Knocking on wood right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you look at the, look at the NCHC though. They got CC, Duluth, and Miami are. 30 or around 30 or lower. Yeah, NCHC usually is like Miami, maybe CC, but with Duluth is near 40, right? Yeah. So yeah. hurting Minnesota pairwise. Well, because they have a tie. They have a win and a tie. Win and a tie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can't be perfect. I don't know. It's no. the hockey East is crazy. I don't know how I in pairwise. I I don't. Pairwise explained, huh? Explain it to me, Biggs. <laughs> That's what overtime's for. Need a couple of yes. beers first. <laughs> Overtimes and beverages. So, well, thanks for coming on the show once again, Cappy. You're up there, right, with Molesky. I'm gonna. Uh, am I gonna pass him in January since I'm the next Big Ten guy? I think you might. Get, I don't think you're gonna pass him though. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wouldn't think I would. But it's funny though. Their next four Big Ten games are against the Buckeyes. Yeah, and you'll be back with us in early January after the Robert Morris series, so it'll be fun to have you back on then. And yeah, I we'll hope see. they win those two games, so you guys aren't too grumpy. Because <laughs> I mean, if they lose one of those to Robert Morris, yes. Viggs, do you have anything for us before we say good night for the podcast? Thanks for being with us for the first half of the year. It's been a lot of fun working with Pull Tab Sports and, and having all the viewers. I was just emailing with Jupe the other day. Our, our viewership is up, and we appreciate all you uh, coming with yes. us. It makes it's, it a lot of fun. It's the hair, guys. You're bringing in the hair. You look good. Look good, feel good, play good. There you go. I like the way you're thinking there, Cappy. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of the GPL Podcast. Uh, this is our last show of 2023, but we'll be back with a new pat podcast on January 3rd, where our guests will be Jack Ramsey and Eric Shearhorn. That's going to be fun just from the stories right there. For those of you watching live, stay tuned for overtime, of course. But for the rest of you, we'll catch you again in January. Thanks for listening. <laughs>